in unsurpassed, penetrating, and perfect dharma is rarely met with even in a hundred thousand million dharmas, having it to see and listen to, to remember and accept. I vow to taste the truth of the Tathagata's words. So I'm talking about uh, Jiaozhu and Tozi, 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 T-O-U-Z-I, in one translation, and uh, case 40, the 41st case in the Blue Cliff Record. And uh, anyway, he settled uh, on Mount Tozi and built a thatched hut and uh, remained obscure for 30 years. But his eminence could not be concealed, and the great Zhao came looking for him. They met each other on the road because I guess Tauzi was Gauzi was going to get some oil, and Zhaozhou saw him and said, "Aren't you the host of Mount Dauzi?" And Dauzi, like a beggar, said, "Tea, salt, a coin, please help me." Zhaozhou went on to the hut and uh, waited there, and uh, Dauzi re- returned carrying a jug of oil, and. Zhao said, long have I heard of Daozi, but since coming here, all I've seen is an old timer selling oil. Daozi said, you've only seen an old timer selling oil, but you haven't recognized Daozi. Zhao what is Daozi? Daozi lifted up the jug of oil and yelled, oil, oil. That's the two of them. And this is the case. Uh, Zhao asked, what do you say about the one who undergoes the great death and thus attains life? Daozi said, they can't make the journey at night. They must arrive in the daylight. Zhao said, I've long committed thievery, but you're worse than me. And the Cleary translation in the, the Blue Cliff record, it's case 41 and the case is just the end part. Zhao Zhou asked Tao Tzu, how is it when a person who has died the great death returns to life? Tao Tzu said, they must not go by night. They must get there in daylight. They must not go by night. They must get there in daylight. So the great death, have you died the great death? and return to life. He's not talking about that last exhale without any further inhales that we call death. He's talking about the great death. Just let everything go. Give up. What about when you give up? What about when you stop trying? What about no grasping. What about it? What happens? What's your experience? What happens when you just die? A friend of mine at Tassahara said once, I I don't know, so after a talk or what, she was a student there. At any rate, she said, I say to myself, just die. Just die. You ever say to yourself, just die. Just 
darkness, just light, just sitting. What's it like? The great death. The Han says, the great matter of life and death, that we must resolve it. And this koan is pointing at something. It isn't just pointing at just die. It's about after that. It's about the tenth picture of the ox herding pictures. When the monk has returned to the marketplace. Now, there's a picture in the library, a drawing from San Francisco Zen Center, whose name is now escaping me. I could see him. At any rate, he was a tea master, among other things, and Hekisan, or I think he was a doodle during uh, the uh, study period at Tassajara, that's my idea, but I, I don't really know that he had these things. I, I had to go, after he died, I, I had to, got to go through all of his things because we didn't know if there were some family around either or, uh, or some money that should go to somebody or whatever. And, and uh, his wife and his son had both died already. So I came upon these pictures and uh, I got to keep them. At any rate, the last picture is uh, of a, a guy uh, sitting down with some big, uh, I don't know if you've ever been to a tea ceremony, but there's like a big, not a jug, but a container that, that has the fire, right? And then a, and then a, a, a tea kettle or kettle on top of that, a, a container in which water boils. So he has these big round things in front of him and, and the tea implements. And he said, it says, yippee. And if you haven't uh, stopped to look at it, uh, take a moment next time you're here in the library and, and look at it. Uh, I first thought it was a motorcycle because there's two big round things. And, uh, and I finally realized, no, it's Hekizan returning to the marketplace with tea bestowing hands. So what do you do after you die? Can't stay there. You know, you can't live in emptiness. Not much use to anybody. I looked at a whole bunch of last night and uh, there's one that I also love, and I think it might be Chow Chow too, I can't remember, I think not. Anyway, oh, it's probably Shui Fong. At any rate, somebody asks if the teacher's ever been to the Hell Realm, and the teacher says, oh yeah, I'm, I'm there all the time. And he says, why are you in the Hell Realm? He said, if I weren't in the Hell Realm, how could you hear me? How could you hear me if I weren't willing to be bizarre, relative world, whatever it is. So you have to, you have to get here by daylight. You can't do it in the dark. You have to deal with it, this life, whatever it is.
We just have to include the weeds and the yucky parts and the ice cream. That's a wonderful image. You, you can't do it at night. You have to go in the daylight. Norman Fisher's name, one of them is uh, turning towards the light. I guess it's, it's what Zoketsu is. And we don't want to, so often we don't want to see. And we want, we want things, we want everything to be really simple. And uh, the, the, the darkness is really simple. Sometimes feel our way along, I suppose, in that darkness. But at some point, your eyes. And it's not just you seeing, it's you being available. You're available. People can see you. Oh, you're here. Would you do the dishes? Ah, I see you brought some cookies. <laughs> I could go on and stop with that, but you see what I'm saying? That, that uh, both you can see in the light and you can be seen in the light. And after you have died the great death, our practice is to then be useful, right? And how can you be useful if you just stay there in, in uh, no thingness? Forget about things. It doesn't work. It just does not work. And that's why he says you have to you, you, you have to return in the daylight. You must not go by night. You must get there in daylight. To return to life has to be in daylight, has to be visible, has to be relational. And sometimes we don't like it. <laughs> and, and I think we die that death every so often. Maybe more often in Sashin than any other time, I'm not sure. Hmm. For me, that's true. It's not the only time, though. At any rate, we have these experiences of simply, the, the, the trendy word is presencing. I don't know why you're not supposed to say present anymore. But at any rate, of just being here, thing and so on. And other times when you're about to go to sleep or when you're half awake or in the middle of the day while you're driving your car, anything. But you have these experiences of really letting go. Often when you're at the end of your rope and you finally give up and stop trying to be somewhere else. And it's refreshing and it's very useful but you can't live there. And I didn't say and, but you can't live there. So these two old guys were playing and then Zhao Zhou asked a real question and he got her. He stopped fooling around. What happens? What do you do after, after you've died the great death? How do you, how do you come back? And 
Dowsy says you have to come back in daylight. You have to be willing to be visible. You have to be willing to be available. I don't know whether he would agree with this, but what I'm about to say, you can't not care. I think you can't avoid some clinging, what it is to be alive. You can't avoid picking and choosing because that's what it is to be alive. So we've talked about this lots of times, but that's, that is the con of our life. How do we, how do we manage to be available to die that great death and be willing to uh, come back, to re-enter the hell realm so as to be available? How do you do that? You just put one foot in front of the other and screw up over and over and deal with it. So I'll read it one more time and then I'm going to ask what, you, what your experience of it is. Zhao Zhao asked Tao Tzu, how is it when a person who has died the great death returns to life? Tao Tzu said, she must not go by night. He must get there in daylight. So what do you think? <laughs> Kelly, Kelly, Zach and Kate. For some reason that this going made me think of the Bob Dylan lyric. Um, he not busy being born is busy dying. And maybe we could refashion it to and she not <laughs> yeah or one about yeah not busy dying is not being born <laughs> yeah i have to say the part about the light and the dark or the day and the night i don't entirely get but i've had little glimpses of of that and i kind of caught wonder if i noticed it because i've been a zen student or <laughs> or have anyway it definitely, it's definitely a, I forget what you call it, presencing mm -hmm. moment. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it just, I was just thinking of the Dylan That's a lyrics. Good, yeah, yeah. I don't remember which song that's in, but it's one of my favorites. That's a, yeah, that's a wonderful line. I, I don't know which one it is either. But... Okay. Will you say that Bob Dylan line again? What is it? He not busy being born is busy dying. Uh, I hadn't even thought of this, but when you said song lyric, then I thought of Annie Lennox. <laughs> and she said in one of her songs, dying is easy. It's living that scares me to death. <laughs> <laughs> the light can be a little frightening although i don't know i used to be really scared of the dark when i was a kid because you can't see what's the goblins <laughs> or whatever but i'm glad mary that you said it's hard when we fumble around because that's pretty much how i feel about it i have practice and good intentions and I hadn't heard that term presencing. No. I must be out of the hipster 
<laughs> the hip language school up here in the woods, but it's really challenging to be present and not be distracted and not to want worldly things like recognition and acknowledgement and um, praise and thank you, you're wonderful, <laughs> that kind of thing. And when I'm not making the effort for the wrong reason, things just kind of happen with a lot more ease and it's good. I've been doing a little practice each day of just saying to myself, how can I be useful? And sitting with that. Basically, I say a couple more things. Because I get confused about what I should be, do should be doing. <laughs> so it simplifies things because then as my day goes along, that's the attitude. It sets the tone for my day instead of how can I get what I want, which is usually how can I do what I want? How can I get what I want? How can I be? How can I be what I want? Because I often seem to fall short in my own opinion. Yeah. So it's a good koan. Mm -hmm. It's a good koan. I don't have anything profound to say about it, <laughs> but um, it's a good koan. Well, it's so, it's really, it's so simple and it's so profound. Difference in unity, you know, this, this, these, these two things. And, you know, and I often say, you know, live in the relative world with the mind of emptiness. That's easy to say and hard to do. Anybody else? Lisa? Yeah, I definitely, I mean, I, I, I have to like respond to this in very practical terms, like in just everyday life terms. But I definitely experience it as a con for sure. Like it's, it is really, you know, everything that you just said, Kate, I, I completely identify with that. Like, you know, not getting or getting frustrated with not getting what you want as opposed to saying, well, uh, I just, then I don't care, you know, but then not being state that I don't care is being in the dark. I, you know, how do you then continue? And I, I can see that in my life in terms of all the things that I want out of my life and all the frustrations that I have with things that happen in my job. And, but I do remember that when I was in the session just recently, the sewing session, I kept saying, I don't know. I, I know there's all these things I should be doing in my life, but right now I forgot what they were. <laughs> <laughs> and it was interesting because I, you know, I did have to go back into, into my life and that for about a week after that session, I, 
everything was just a little bit lighter. It was still the same, but there was some kind of lightness to it, to it all. Like I, I, I just kind of flowed through it all. I don't know. So, but I can't explain why or how or what. It's not something I can say like, oh, well, I, because I did this and I thought that and I thought this way, it, it was, it's non-conceptual. I don't know. That's what I mean. It's a koan. Yeah. Steve, are you here? Are you with us? Did you have your hands in gusho because you wanted to speak or were you simply bowing with Kate or something? I, I don't know. Anyway. I wanted to speak, but I don't have a lot to say, so I was going to go last in case there wasn't time. Uh, first of all, Gong uh, is the title is something like, I'm pretty close here. It's a ma, I'm only bleeding. The Bob Dylan song. And the second thing that, that brings up for me um, that is that I feel like I have a lot to chew on for one thing, but what always to come up for these like sort of internal obstacles. I feel like I don't perceive the world as external obstacles to, to being useful so much as I feel like I stand in my own way of being useful. And I think sort of being so focused on being or not to be obstacles inside to being useful is, is the biggest obstacle. So if I can just see it in the light, I think that's more useful. That's how I respond right now. Yeah. Well, I wanted to, uh, you, you made some mention of a teacher talking about, you know, I spent a lot of time in the hell realm where you couldn't hear me. Yeah. And it almost makes it sound like he's saying the relative world. I mean, the hell realm is included in the relative world, but the relative world is not just the hell realm, too. I just wanted to see if that was... <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I guess the thing that uh, other thing that came to mind is uh, since uh, I don't have a job, I don't have the same kind of structure of what to do next exactly. So I have to make it up, kind of ongoing process of what to do. I mean, I have a long project list that I look at, and that tells me what to do. But there's kind of the bigger what to do. It's my core. Yeah. I'm sure that he would agree, whoever, whichever one it was, that it isn't all the hell realm. But I think he was responding to the to the student to say that I'm not, I don't spend my time in La La Land, and I, and I know there's there's stuff from Jojo that same kind of way, but it's it's you know when you I mean, is it the part of this light in the sense that it's being used here? The daylight, I think, just seems to me, I don't know, you know, what does it mean to live with a mind of emptiness? But you have to care, don't you, to, to live in this world? And you don't have to be so attached as we often are. We don't need to be so clinging, self-clinging as we often are. And these moments, these times of letting go can inform us, can inform our relative life. But it seems like you do have to care. 
you do have to pick, you have to choose what words to say. And yes, it's one continuous mistake. And every time I open my mouth, I make a mistake. Okay. And I choose to open my mouth. I choose to, to care enough to still be alive. You have to, you have to care something. You have to, you have to eat. You have to drink water. You probably have to sleep. So it is the, the koan of daily life. You know, how do you, how do you manage in this relative world and care enough to participate? And it's like merging of difference and unity. And it says, don't write in light there confronted as darkness. There's light, but don't see it as light. So you have to participate and we have to engage in relationships. I'm sure that Zazen has a lot to do with it, but it's not like you can point to a particular period of Zazen that you had that, oh, and that's why I can see more clearly this week or whatever. It, I, I forget what phrase you used, Lisa, but it's not something that you can uh, describe in words or you can, you can talk about it, but it doesn't, it doesn't really get you very far. Kate? For me, I think that's the tricky part. It's, it's great when I have that kind of session afterglow or whatever for a while. And then what's the challenge is when that's not my experience. And I need to die to my idea of how I should feel or be willing to be in the light when I'm low energy and grumpy and irritable and overtired. <laughs> How it's, it is really more challenging to uh, be present and useful in those states. And and I think it's important. I used to think I was failing if I was that way. And I still feel like I'm failing truthfully when, when I'm not calm <laughs> and content or enjoying the hummingbirds or something. Oh, so... I mean, it's hard not to enjoy a hummingbird, you know. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just thought I needed to say that. Being awake to all of it. Right, right. And, and as Liam reminds that there is, there is delight and joy. And I've been uh, enjoying the nasturtiums on the altar. So the, the, uh, the one that suddenly appeared has gone away already. So I'm, I'm uh, I try not to worry about it too much. Sometimes I, I think uh, when I'm dying, you know, in bed dying, that like letting go will be easy. It's like you got nothing left to lose, right? Or something like that. And that the trick is to recognize that before on your deathbed, like, this afternoon.
I guess that's why, at least in part, why we're do this crazy practice. That's a good place. Is that okay? That's a good place to stop. Beings are numberless. I vow to save them. Delusions are inexhaustible. I vow to end them. Dharma gates are boundless. I vow to enter them. Buddha's way unsurpassable. I vow to become it. Beings are numberless. I vow to save them. Delusions are inexhaustible. I vow to end them. Dharma gates are boundless. I vow to enter them. Buddha's way is unsurpassable. I vow to become it. Beings are numberless. I vow to save them. Delusions are inexhaustible. I vow to end them. Dharma gates are boundless. I vow to enter them. Buddha's way is unsurpassable. I vow to become it. <laughs>